Welcome to the SA for FA's Retirement Advisor Podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and this morning's topic is a dark view of the next financial crisis, though buffered by an upbeat approach advisors can take in response. The House of Representatives last week approved a plan that would shore up multi-employer pensions, serving 1.3 million Americans by issuing long-term bonds that could fund loans to these pension plans. The plans, in turn, would be able to invest the money in the stock market in order to restore solvency to the funds and pay back the loans. The bill still requires Senate approval, so it remains to be seen whether this initiative becomes law. I'm guessing that that will not happen. An article on Cleveland.com quotes two lawmakers offering a humanistic view of the plight of affected workers, mostly blue-collar miners and truckers and the like. Says Ohio Democratic Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur, I have heard the message time and again from retirees in my district and across this nation. They worked for decades to earn these pensions, and they cannot sustain these massive cuts. Now they are too old or their health too unstable to return to the workforce. The stress and anxiety are sapping their will. Some have taken their own lives. End quote. Her Democratic colleague Tim Ryan put it this way, Pensions are not benefits given as a gift from employer to employee. They are payment for work that was already done. Workers and employers reach an agreement to be paid a lower salary in order to receive their pension at a later date. And when these pensions are cut or dissolved, it is a clear breach of contract. End quote. I agree with both of them that failure to deliver promised pensions is a horrific breach of duty. And yet I am not deaf to the arguments of the opposition, particularly as expressed by Rachel Gresler of the Conservative Heritage Foundation, who reasons that it would cost U.S. taxpayers less to completely bail out underfunded pensions. And she does not support bailouts, but rather reform. Now I'll leave it to others to get into the weeds of this legislation. My part in all this is to point out what I see as the shape of things to come, that is, the future shock of the next retirement crisis. In the last financial crisis, we saw perverse financial outcomes where ordinary people lost their homes, their jobs, and their dignity, while the financial industry, which played an outsized role in creating and distributing low-credit-quality home loans and derivative securities that spread this toxicity throughout the financial system, ended up with enormous taxpayer-funded bailouts. As a handy reminder of the sort of antics we saw at that time, the public learned that Merrill Lynch handed out $4 billion in end-of-year bonuses in late 2008, just days before Bank of America saved the firm from imminent collapse. So the bonuses weren't exactly for bang-up performance. And recall as well that B of A only agreed to take over Merrill in return for the $25 billion bailout the government promised, which proved insufficient, prompting B of A to seek billions more. Americans were horrified to learn that Merrill's then-CEO, John Thane, had spent $1.2 million in renovating his office in the previous year. And of course, there were many more bailouts and many more improvident uses of money. It's time to recall all this because the current multi-employer plan bailout recalls a similar sort of callousness, only this time on the part of unions and other pension plan sponsors. According to the Heritage Foundation's Rachel Gresler, fully 96% of those enrolled in multi-employer plans are in pensions that are less than 60% funded. I don't like those odds at all. 
The sponsors of these plans used all the usual tricks, like assuming high rates of return so they could reduce their own contributions. And these are private plans unfunded to the tune of $638 billion. Now that's a lot, but still less than the underfunded state and local pensions, which would require bailouts in the $4 to $6 trillion range. Social Security underfunding leaves a deficit of nearly $17 trillion. My worry is that the eventual crises these underfunded pensions spawn will occur simultaneously. They'll all be maximally stressed in the next recession, and all the more so if this new bill's craziest idea, investing borrowed taxpayer money in the stock market, comes to fruition. Gambling with taxpayer money is to me a symptom of decline and desperation, the antithesis of founding fathers like Alexander Hamilton who built a strong financial system that issued bonds, built infrastructure, and encouraged manufacturing and commerce. In the next financial crisis, whenever that may occur, the key revelations will be that we failed to heed the lessons of the previous crisis by reducing debt and tightening rules as regards the funding of pensions. What does all this mean for financial advisors? Well, if the average annual Social Security income is $18,000 and the government lacks the wherewithal to shore up its current level of funding, then the average American will be collecting something closer to $13,000 in 15 years when the Social Security Trust funds run out of reserves. If your clients are state or local government workers, they may be getting less than they think, and ditto for workers in underfunded private plans. You might ask your clients for permission to investigate their pensions. Retirement plans are required by law to file an annual report with the government and to provide participants with a brief summary. Now, these problems directly affect Americans with either government or private defined contribution plans, not those whose retirement plans are based on their own contributions. But even 401k plan participants will be on the hook as taxpayers. So the bottom line here is as follows. When governmental resources are more stretched than ever before, as seen through the various measures of indebtedness, and this during good economic times, it is only reasonable to expect a reduction in government retirement benefits and increase in taxes or both when bad economic times set in. We will then likely see that those with authority to manage public and private pensions were re-equipping their offices or the like, as John Thane did in 2008. In such a, shall we say, non-Hamiltonian environment, one that is heedless of the needs of the future, advisors would do well to do the opposite of the current irresponsible spirit of the times. Instead of seeking to invest in stocks to bail out an underfunded pension, advisors should build sound pensions that will facilitate their clients' riskier ventures in stocks, secure in the knowledge that their basic needs are being met. Thanks for listening, and consider listening as well to Seeking Alpha's new Let's Talk ETFs podcast, which explores ways ETFs can help investors reach their financial goals. If either are to your liking, consider leaving a review on Apple or Google Podcasts to help others discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts.